Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to True Crime Paranormal. This is Katie Weaver. I am here with my partner in crime and sister, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Excited to be here. I love our Wednesday night lives. We have such fun uh, chatting with each other and with all of you out there. We always have some pretty good tea to spill on Wednesday nights. So yeah, excited and, to be here. And tonight's no different. Yeah. It is definitely no different. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing something a little different tonight. We're simulcasting. So we yeah. are on YouTube live and we're also on Facebook live. So Boom. kind of fun, but we can see both chats or, you know, comment sections. So if you have a question or a comment, throw it out there. You know, this is that the lives get to be interactive. That's what we love about them. So if you have anything yeah. you want to say, say it. Please do. We are so used to doing live and you still do live radio. Yeah. And so we're used to being you know, having direct interaction with our listeners. And I was missing that. So it's nice that we get that. Back. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I still do three shows a week. I know. I'm just down to this one. I know. <laughs> For now. Well, I have a new one planned. I just haven't quite. I don't know. I know. Well, it's a lot to do. Someday. It's, it's a coming. lot to do. Yeah, it is. For sure. Uh, it, you know, I had just stepped into my office and told my daughter I'm going to go do a live. And she was like, tonight? And I went, where have you been? Wednesday night, bro. <laughs> We've yeah. been doing a live hello. Wednesday night for a while now. Clearly, yeah. she's not one of our fans. Yes. Hello, Jessica. Nice to have you here. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to get going on our uh, the tea we have tonight, but we usually check in a little bit. So, Christy, how are you? What's new? You know, I'm good. I'm really good. I'm loving fall. Loving it. I'm just not a hot weather person mm -hmm. at all. And so I've been really enjoying the cooler weather uh, mm -hmm. Rhonda and I go walking in the mornings a lot, and that's really nice. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited because I've started working on a new book. Don't say it too loud because, you know, mm -hmm. that means I have to finish writing it. But, yeah, you I, know. My, I will keep your feet in the fire. Yes, you will. My, You've my done it for me. <laughs> I'm out in, um, in December of 2018. It's our uh, uh -huh. Relationships for Spiritual People, available on Amazon. You know, just saying. Um, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm working on new one and I, I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to have to do with um, energy balance and helping professionals like, like uh, you know, um, avoiding burnout kind of thing. Uh-huh. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I'm way in the early stages, but I'm excited about it. I, I feel mm -hmm. ready to write again. Good. Weird Good. how, you know, for two years since I wrote a book, I've been like, eh. Nope. I'll do something nope. else. <laughs> now I'm I get like, it. It's time. This is how creativity flows for me. It is mm -hmm. not fluid. It no. is starts and stops. It is floods and uh, you know famine mm -hmm. <laughs> for me. And and I'm with you. I'm I'm in a big creative flow right now. Not writing though. I've kind of been thinking about a little later in the fall. But Christy and I, we've actually committed ourselves to have a booth at a witch's. Uh, market yeah. here in a, in about uh, 10 days. And so I have really been, fun. we're not actually going to see clients because uh, we only see clients over the phone currently because mm -hmm. of COVID, but we are going to uh, sell our wares because we both mm -hmm. are, you know, we're both artists and creators. And so I can't stop. I honestly, the fair will just have to come to, to make, I'm just on fire every day. I, I can't not. So I'm pouring a lot of resin pieces. I'm cutting a lot of uh, like wood, laser wood pieces, like crystal grid boards and pendulum boards and things like that. That's so cool. 
and I'm making these really cool little spell. Um, they're in a test tube. And so they have a little bit of crystals in them. They have some herbs in them. They have different colors of salt in them, you know, like black lava salt or Himalayan salt or white sea salt. Anyway, and herbs and whatnot for specific spells. So like a love one, an abundance one, a sleep one, things like that. So a protection one. Nice. I'm excited yeah, to see that. It's really fun. And then, <laughs> because I cannot knock it off, <laughs> I'm building space clearing kits that are so cool that will have every single tool in it you need. Christy and I have gone on space clearing kits or space clearings for God, 15 years. Yeah. You know that people will call us when they have like paranormal disturbances in their home. And we go and we interview the family and do an assessment. It's not like ghost hunter style, like psychic style, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then we actually take care of the problem, not just stir it up. Right. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, do a space clearing and take care of the issue. Uh, and we, for all those years, and, and even still, because we still do them occasionally, we have a really good kit that has everything in it we could possibly need. Yep. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I made kits and created, like, you know, a really good set of instructions? And my husband is a woodworker, and so he's making these really cool boxes for them Ooh. to go in that look like little old, um, you know, like witches' boxes that are... Of course, with Scott, he doesn't do anything small. So <laughs> it will be just completely cool. So anyway, yeah. So I spent my afternoon out on the desert gathering sage to get my sage bundles made. And yeah, anyway, awesome. I have, yep, I'm wearing well, myself I'm out in a good say, way. I'm only making one thing for the witch's market. <laughs> I make malas. I make all different kinds of prayer and meditation beads. Yeah. And uh, I make them on silk and I hand knot them. And so I'm going to have a whole bunch of those available. So it's going to be awesome. That's, that's, and that's my not, big hobby. That's all, not only one thing. I mean, that's a lot of things. And it, it is. I'm going to also have my book for sale. So well, I sure. I should do that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I love it. Well, we have Jessica and we have Angie in our chat. So we just wanted to say hello to you guys. Mm, hello. And um, yes, we've got, We've got things to talk about. So don't we though? Oh my goodness. Last Thursday, Lori Vallow was in court, uh, her arraignment into district court on the charges of uh, conspiracy to good Lord to destroy evidence and conceal, conceal and, and destroy. Mm-hmm. So she had, she's charged with two counts of that. So as predicted, um, it was very quick. She pled not guilty. Bada boom, bada bing. You know, yeah. that was it. Nothing major happened there other than she did plead not guilty. Mm -hmm. But a couple of things have happened since then that are kind of, well, we think are very interesting, actually. So last week, uh, Chad's lawyer said, okay, I'm going to back up. Earlier last week, or maybe it was the week before, the prosecutor, uh, Mr. Wood, said he put out a brief, you know, requesting that the cases be joined. Yes. So, you know, because essentially it's pretty much the same evidence against both people and his reasoning. Well, it's kind of it's an interesting bag, right? Because on the surface, his reasoning is this is going to save the state a bunch of money. We do not need to have two separate trials. Sure. Our opinion on that had been this is a call out, right? This is a call out. This is a fishing expedition uh, in a, you know, the brilliant way that he's done it to see what they're going to do. What's, yeah. What the hell is their defense going to look Are like? Are they going to be okay with joining these cases? Are mm-hmm. they not going to be 
okay with it? What does that mean about what their defense is going to be? Because, yeah, I mean, there are huge questions about how are they defending the fact that um, they have all this evidence against them and Lori's children's bodies were found on Chad's property. Like, right. How are you going to defend that? Right. So when the prosecutor did that, he really called their bluff because if they don't agree to it, that is a pretty good indication that one may be rolling on the other. Yeah. See, that's been the big question all along. Is mm-hmm. And we had reported in our live last week that we didn't think that Lori was going to roll because she yeah. has been having these like kind of disassociative moments at the jail where she is crying and begging them to let her talk to her husband and getting all like... Um, you know, pretty freaked out. And we have felt like this doesn't sound like somebody who is going to roll on her husband. She's begging for her husband, right? Which, you know, from jail to jail, you can't have contact. And and these two very specifically can't have contact for all their reasons. They're charged with conspiracy. So there's no way they can speak. Yeah. So they can't. Okay. So we said that last Wednesday that we didn't really think Lori would roll. Right. Okay. So then immediately Chad's lawyer He waited until Lori pled not guilty. So that Mm -hmm. happened on Thursday morning. By Friday morning, Mr. Pryor had filed documents saying that they uh, object to the joinder. They don't want it. Dun, dun, dun. We were Mm -hmm. waiting to see who was going to object to this. Yep. Pryor said that this would be extremely prejudicial to his client's defense. Yes. Very interesting. Because that means that his client doesn't want to be associated with Lori. Yeah. In this matter. Yeah. Really interesting. Does that mean Chad's rolling on Lori? I mean, not necessarily, but it's, you know, there's pretty good. uh, Something's up, right? Mm -hmm. Something's up. They're, they're not, they're not going to follow the same tack in their defense, obviously. Yeah. No. So we sat on that all weekend going, huh, all right, so here we go, right? So they don't want the joinder. Well, lo and behold, yesterday, Mark Means filed a brief with a non-objection to the joinder. Yeah. So he says, it's cool. We can combine cases. We're absolutely good with that. So now we have this loggerhead where, you know, Chad's attorney says no, Mean says yes, and the prosecutor says yes, but it's most likely when it goes in front of a judge, which it is going in front of a judge uh, at the very end of October, I think October 29th, that's coming up. Uh, So the judge, you know, ultimately he'll hear arguments on all three sides and make a decision. It's most likely that he's going to deny the joinder because I mean, if you you can't have a mistrial later on, on Chad's part. Right. Right. If means says that's going to ruin their defense, it would be really unwise to do that. Prior, prior, not prior. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it's most likely now that a joinder won't happen. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of in both places with it. I, it would have been interesting to see the two of them at the defense table together and having, uh, you know, it would have been better for Lori because her attorney is so ineffective, you know, right. And right. So it would have been better for her, but you know, prior, 
he's not having it. So, but I, it does tell us a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, is Chad's defense going to be that Lori and her brother Alex killed the kids and he freaked out and helped them uh, bury the bodies, but he wasn't involved in, in their deaths? I mean, is that where this is going to go? The, the weird part about it is that they're not charged with murder. Right. And so where is he going to go with this? Yeah. You know, I mean, what is he going to say? But I, I really think he's going to yeah. point the finger at Lori and her dead brother uh, that they killed the kids and that yeah. he helped them cover up the bodies. But that's all he did. Right. I, I can't imagine there's any other defense. What else are they going to say? I mean, the bodies were on his property. Right. Right. I mean, he can't say that he wasn't involved at all. There's no way. No evidence that he was already yeah. you know, in just a little bit that we've seen. And I mean, we've seen very little yeah. in the preliminary hearing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, we don't know, you know, it, it's going to be if, really interesting to see what happens here. Right. Because, you know, there's a, there's a preliminary hearing for Chad coming up in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so are they going to try to cut a deal at that time? Because, you know, or it's not, it's a pretrial conference, not a preliminary hearing, sorry. But the well, pretrial pre- conference yeah. is is the time that that's the opportunity right there to put, take a plea before the judge. Right. And that's also, that's on the 24th of November. And that's also when they're discussing yeah. the change of venue. Yes. Yes. So very interesting. You know, has. Well, because also. Has Means right? filed for change of venue? He hasn't. Nope. No, only that's prior. what I was just going to say. Means has not filed for a change of venue. Yep. Only and if they prior don't combine has. the trials, these trials could end up being in different counties. Totally. Yeah. And maybe they should be, really. I mean. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should be. So yeah. much interesting stuff coming. It, it is. The other thing that uh, Means filed for, which I thought this was kind of interesting, um, is that his client is requesting to be able to wear street clothes to all uh, court, uh, you know, venues from here on out, which I I didn't know you had to file for. You She's do. been wearing street clothes, and so has Chad. So I'm a little yeah. confused about that. But now things get a little more formal in district court, uh-huh. and and you do have to have permission. Um, okay. yeah. So I mean, you know, nobody likes appearing at trial in their jail clothes because it just makes them look guilty guilty yeah yeah you know they want to be able to look very you know chad wants the white shirt with the with you know the smile yeah. and the tie you know he wants to fit mm-hmm. the part and Lori, of course is going to want to be very demure in a dress and a uh, a cardigan i would ma- imagine oh yeah a really high neck situation mm-hmm. you know she's going to want to look very innocent and demure mm-hmm. melanie That's- gibb is Melanie Gibbs, that or yes. Gibbs, that's uh, that's what I think of when you say that she's going yep, to be yep. looking a whole lot like Miss Melanie Gibb. Yeah. Yes, I, I think so. That that's certainly um, a part of you know a part of their defense is how uh-huh. they appear, how the jury sees them in person. Yeah. But I here's my thing. Okay, Lori has a very unstable identity. Her identity is very wrapped up in whoever she's in a relationship with. You can kind of see that yeah. in her history. And so her identity is all wrapped up in this whole game with Chad. Mm-hmm. And if Chad turns on her, what kind of epic meltdown, psychotic mm. break maybe are we going to see out of her? Yeah. Because if she's not one of the 144,000, mm-hmm. then, 
you know, the um, past life wife of Moroni and all the crap that they've said, if that's not who she is, then who is she? Yeah. Because she really doesn't have her own identity. She's, you know, I have no doubt she has a personality disorder and Mm -hmm. very curious about what's going to happen. Because, you know, Chad, as creepy as he is, is much more stable in his identity. Yeah. Than Marie. Yeah, he is. And if, when Lori realizes that she's lost him, I don't know what we're going to see out of her. Mm-hmm. Well, and here she is. I mean, you know, she hasn't been able to uh, speak with Chad now since June 9th. And they were talking for hours every day where he was spending all of that time reading the scriptures with her and reassuring her. Yes. And, and that's, you know, she has needed that. Yeah. So we're certainly seeing her start to unravel now. And yeah, if things with Chad unravel, because obviously she's over at the Madison County Jail still thinking that uh, these two are thick as thieves. You know, this is her husband. This is her life. And it sure is starting to seem like he's over in Fremont County regretting ever meeting this woman. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, know. So- I wonder what her response has been. She's got to know now. That uh, he was against joining their trials. Right. What was her response to that? Really interesting because she can't talk to him. You know, she can't influence him. No, she's very used to being able to manipulate men Mm -hmm. and and using her influence. And she's now in a position where she doesn't have that. Yeah. You know, other than maybe against her own attorney, but it hasn't worked against judges lately. No. Uh, and, and so she's really missing that piece of this is how she gets what she wants. This is how she handles her life. Yeah. She has nothing else. No. You know, uh, very interesting. We're going to see some interesting stuff go down because mm-hmm. I really wonder what's going to happen at that pretrial conference for Chad. Is yeah. that going to be a plea? Is that going to be a deal to how? flip on her? I'm so interested to see because how can either of them plea? Without admitting guilt to the deaths of the kids. Well, unless uh, unless for him, it's just what you said, an Alfred plea or, or, or uh, there's another kind of plea too. I can't remember what it's called, where basically he would, uh, well, I don't think it's an actual plea, but, but like you said, that he would basically just try to pin the whole thing on Lori and Alex and say he actually had no idea. You know, I I, I could go a lot of ways. He flips on her that then he won't face any other charges. I mean, a lot of times, please include that, that mm-hmm. he can't be charged with the murders if he flips on her and says what he knows. Mm-hmm. Maybe his attorney has stuff that hasn't, the police don't have. I don't know. Yeah. There's there's a lot of variables here, but it is very telling. I think that you know we're in this position now where we know mm-hmm. who's waffling yep. and who isn't. Because it's not Lori. You know, the thing about Lori is that Lori has always been saved by a man. When you look at her history and her marriages Mm -hmm. and stuff, Lori doesn't do anything alone. Right. And she's now very, very alone. And she does not have the skills Mm -hmm. to handle being alone. No, she's also very financially vulnerable. Yes. She has nothing. Because her conspirator has been paying her attorney. So if he decides, you know, that that's another complication I think that's here is pretty interesting because if he decides that, uh, 
he's not paying for her attorney anymore, then what? Yeah. Either it means stays on pro bono, you know, or she gets a public defender and starts over with a brand new attorney. You know, it, why means would stay on. I, I don't know. I have felt a little like from the minute he started on this case that he thought this was something he was really going to hang his hat on, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's been some real arrogance around that, Mm -hmm. which is so wild because he's not even a criminal defense attorney and, you know, he basically sucks, you know? So anyway, but uh, she'd be better off with a public defender really, you know, that actually has experience in this uh, realm of law. Yeah. But, but he lives five hours away from the Madison County jail. And so it's a big investment of his time to have to keep coming over here and defending her. And if he's not getting paid for that, I really struggle. Why the hell would he do it? You know? Well, you know, I, there, there's a huge amount of arrogance there. Um, I, I still think there's some um, hope for notoriety out of this with both of those attorneys. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, in the chat, um, Someone is saying, you know, that, that there wasn't a lot of grounds um, Pryor's objection, mm-hmm. which is true. Um, he did mm-hmm. say because of the increased publicity, which, you know, that yeah. that ship has sailed um, already. <laughs> That's not going away. Yeah. No, and, and they've already, you know, not, you know, he didn't oppose live streams of the of the hearings and stuff like that. He's right. too late on that. But he did yeah. also say that it would seriously damage their defense. That it would be extremely prejudicial. Yeah. 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 So there's something else there, but but you're right that that mm-hmm. uh when that goes to court, that they're that he's gonna have to flesh that out further. The judge is certainly going to be looking for more information about why. Mm-hmm. Why do you think this damaged the, your defense? And that's something that it's going to be interesting to see because they may have yeah. to show their hand at least a little bit in that hearing. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, she also pointed out that uh, his brief was really poorly written and it was, and he and means both have made so many mistakes in their briefs. It makes you wonder if they've ever written one. Yeah. There's constant errors. Remember well, means having the wrong year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On well, Lord's it's side. really clear that they don't have, um, staff, mm-hmm. they don't have anybody working with them and writing their stuff and, and proofreading their well, stuff. Surely they've got a pair or two in their offices, you would but, think, but gosh, the way that their stuff comes out full of mistakes and messed up. It's like, there's nobody reviewing this stuff whose job it is to review it. And to be a fly on the wall in the prosecutor's office. <laughs> right. Every time when, one of these comes this through, rolls in, they must just be going, Oh my gosh, look at this. You know? Yeah. Well, when I means mean, had, when uh, means had the wrong year all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> the wrong hilarious. year. That was on uh, when Lori decided to waive the uh, the her preliminary. Yeah, the that? preliminary when she chose to waive that. He had the wrong date on the brief, and honestly, that was the one moment that Woods broke professionalism for just this a half a, a <laughs> millimeter of a second. We did get a picture of it though, a screenshot. That he laughed. <coughs> Pardon me. He laughed just a little bit. Dang, it was funny. Because uh, this stuff must be killing him. You know, it must be uh, seriously. They must in their office have a little private joke going of, huh, 
well, here's another, you know, and another one. Really means that one up, didn't you? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they have a tally on the wall somewhere. Well, after that first hearing, uh, that that uh, bail reduction hearing that lasted for two hours, <laughs> where he filed all the wrong paperwork and did everything wrong, mm-hmm. and you know didn't ask the judge to review the previous judge's ruling and all the stuff that he did, <laughs> but most of the time talking about how uh, much he uh, had his feelings hurt over. Oh uh, yeah, certainly rude to him. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, yeah, she says they both apparently are working close to the bone. Yeah. No paralegal, no legal secretary. They should at least take on an intern, right? I mean, they really ought to. But, you know, when they're in court, they don't have anybody sitting behind them, taking notes for them or anything. And the prosecutor has like a team of three or four people behind him. Yeah. Uh, Really interesting. Uh, Misty is saying, you know, we still don't know how much money Tylee received from Joseph Ryan's estate. Yeah. We don't. That is true. Um, there are questions about that. That's true. However, of course, you know, she's she's pretty selfish. But when uh, the life insurance money from Charles, you know, when Alex uh, murdered Charles and she discovered that, uh, you know, she wasn't the beneficiary after all, you know, after uh, she thought she had a million bucks coming. She had said to multiple people that she now has all of these kids to raise and has no money. So I'm not sure on that. We don't know. That's true. Yeah. We don't. We don't. But we, you know, she also, I don't know. There there are going to be a lot of things about that eventually. You know, there's Mm -hmm. going to be some social security fraud come down on her eventually as well. And, you know, hopefully in the trial, we will find out more information around the finances. Uh-huh. But it has appeared yeah. that she's been quite dependent on Chad. Yeah. Uh, for money and for just resources in general. So, yeah, we'll sure. see. I, I don't know. There, there's so much to come. Feels like this case will never end. <laughs> True. But this was interesting this week. It was really yeah. interesting to see Chad's attorney, you know, deny or, 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 you know, put in an objection to the joinder. Then to have means come right back and say, no, we're cool with it. That is just interesting, especially because, uh, you know, Means and and Pryor work out of the same office. You know, yeah. they're clearly not on the same page here and are working on totally different defenses, which they should be. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would hope that they are because everything needs to be done correctly here, of course. But it is interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever the chatter said. LOL. He means that one up. <laughs> no kidding. There's yeah. probably a phrase going around. Yep. I would imagine in the courtroom today. There have been so many things already. And I mean, we haven't even come to like actual trials. Mm -hmm. I mean, if me, I was really bummed when, um, (laughs) when they, when he waived Lori's uh, preliminary hearing, because that was, that was going to be two days of comedy. And we all know it. (laughs) (laughs) It I was really grateful for the Woodcocks that they didn't have to have deal with that again for another, you know, two maddening days. But, oh yeah, it would have been comedy gold. Oh man, it would have been completely worth every minute of it just yeah. to see what kind of screw ups there was, there was going to be there. Cause I mean, Pryor was pretty great. You know, he, like you said, he's a real pearl clutcher and he sure is, man. Oh my God. You know, 
Oh, okay. He is a defense attorney. Okay, that's his job. It's it, <laughs> pretty dramatic. It's pretty. It's quite funny. Means is just arrogant and dumb. So yeah. right, right. But Pryor, Pryor's a much better attorney. I wouldn't say that he's like an excellent attorney. Uh, however, I will be honest. To know, know how to do a criminal defense, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's definitely a better attorney than that means is. And had yeah. they joined the cases, it would have been better for means because you know he would have had an adult at the helm that actually yeah, he, he, someone would have been there to assist and maybe you know make sure that he didn't make as big a fool out of himself as he mm-hmm. was going to. But I don't know. So it does seem that maybe means had you know some mentoring or a good uh, talking to after that first uh, you know two hour uh, performance that he put on in the courtroom. Because he has been much less verbose and dramatic since then. Yeah. I mean, well, fact, you know, the judge tried him. <laughs> to stand, you know, yeah. to address the judge. I mean, he pulled, yeah. it was crazy what he did in that courtroom. Uh, it was crazy disrespectful what he did in the courtroom, but that has really gotten a lot better. Well, the you know, the judge told him to get a little advice from a defense attorney. Yes, he did. <laughs> That's right. him so bad so many times, but that one I thought was hilarious. <laughs> he just kind of said, you know, you might want to, you know, maybe get she a few pointers. Yeah, she was. I know someone who worked with her uh, many years ago when she was mm-hmm. uh, when she was an attorney, uh, a defense attorney, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. She was a prosecutor. She was a mm-hmm. prosecutor. And anyway, uh, she told me, she said, um, she gets shit done. She's like, <laughs> I'm not worried about her at all. She can hold her own with means or anybody else. She said, she's not the most pleasant person on the planet to work with, to be frank, but she gets shit done. She's like, I'm not worried about her at all. So, yeah. uh, and she proved it. <laughs> she was great. She definitely did. That was an epic moment in court history. Uh, Misty says uh, means Lori's next knight in shining armor, <laughs> right? right? See, that's kind of how I felt that mm-hmm. that that's a bit of what is going on there with um, why means is still involved and mm-hmm. why he was involved in the first place is because she pulled her, you know, batting batting her eyelashes and flip her pretty blonde hair oh. when she still had it um, yeah. for him, you know, and mm-hmm. and that's what got him involved because I can't imagine what got him involved, you know, like is not even a defense attorney. Why would you have taken on this case? Well, I mean, there have been some talk that Meads was actually a follower of Chad's. Right. You know, that that he is associated with Chad's group, which would make sense to me in the sense that, uh, you know, why somebody would take on this case that lives so far away and stay on it when the other people that were on the case bailed. Because when this first started, it wasn't just Means. There were... You know, there were two other attorneys on it that are defense attorneys and that are considered some of the best defense attorneys in the state. And it only took those two a half a second to realize that something stunk and they bailed. But. But me mean state, you know, so but but there has been some talk that he actually was associated with Chad in some way. And that's why he's still here. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, th- this case is a case that keeps on giving, man. We we don't know. There's just yeah. going to be more and more. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am super curious about the, the hearing on the 29th of October about what, what Pryor is going to have to give away 
to indicate why he's against the joining of the cases. Yeah. Just think that's really, mm-hmm. you know, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And you're right, Misty. It did start as a family law case, but that started, that was with a different attorney. That was with a, a local attorney here in um, our area. I'm but that's very much the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he no, maybe figured sure. out pretty quick that he needed to get the hell out. Yeah. 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 And that's a good, good point. Runs with scissors says, I think the sheer notoriety of this case would incline lawyers to take the case, not because of the outcome, but because of the book and movie deals, which is an interesting point because mm-hmm. we know that uh, when the bail bondsmen were all coming to interview Lori to decide if they were going to help bail her out of that million dollar bond in the first place, yeah. uh, that was something that she and Chad were offering in payment was a portion of the book and movie deals. Yeah. Now, why those fools thought they were going to have book and movie deals out of this, you know, they still uh, were under the delusion that they were going to get away with this. Yeah. Yeah, clearly they were at the time. Yeah. But yeah, I I think that's really true. I have have felt that way about Means Empire both, that that Mm -hmm. they see some notoriety out of this that will benefit Mm -hmm. them long term. Yeah. Now on the the JJ and Tylee front, there's a little uh, controversy that's been brewing in Rexburg about uh, the kids because a local group of people have, uh, they've fundraised a fair amount of money because they wanted to be able to put up a memorial bench or something to memorialize these kids. Yeah. And they wanted to put it in, in a park here in a local park. And the city said, no. They won't allow them to put it on public property. And it's so weird. I mean, here in Idaho Falls, there are memorial benches all over the parks. I don't understand. Well, there's not here. That's what the city needs to put together a program. But basically the city was like, yes, it's very sad what happened. But if we did that for you guys, if we did that for these guys, we'd have to do that for everybody. And I'm like, okay. Then do it for everybody. Like, what the hell? Yeah, is I mean, people have to pay for it. It's not like the city pays for it. I don't right. get it. Like, yeah, they they won't do it. And, you know, there have been several meetings with the mayor. It's gotten really tense. You know, that there's people that are quite upset about it. And, and then mm-hmm. there's others that are like, well, I mean, you know, I, I noticed in a, in a community group, there was a post about this. And one person commented, well, I mean, some kids were just killed in a car accident. Where's their bench? And I went, oh. well, you know what, bro? They could have a bench if the city would put together some kind of a program where you can pay a certain amount to have a bench installed in a public park that has a plaque on it as a memorial, then they could have a bench too, you know? That whataboutism that we have in this country right now, I'm so sick of it. You cannot Mm -hmm. say anything. Yeah, there's always Well, that's not the point of this conversation. Right. So what's happening now is there was a conversation about perhaps um, buying a plot in the Rexburg Cemetery and putting in some kind of like an angel monument or something like that. I don't know if you guys have these where you live, but in a lot of cemeteries, this started in Salt Lake City based on the book, The Angel, or yeah, The the Christmas Box. The Christmas Box. The Christmas Box. Uh, If you haven't read it, it's a very sweet story. And from that book, from the Christmas box in a cemetery in Salt Lake, they put this angel 
and it, you have to go see it if you're ever in Salt Lake. It is absolutely beautiful. But they erected this angel that was for um, for parents who have lost children to mm -hmm. as a memorial for parents who have lost children to mourn at. And once a year, they do a little program, and it's really sweet. And a it lot is. of cemeteries around here have done that. There is one in Idaho Falls. Mm -hmm. And so there was some talk that maybe it's just time for us as, as citizens to fundraise a little more to get enough money together to do so and buy a plot in the cemetery or two or whatever and go ahead and put up, you know, our own angel monument and maybe dedicate it to JJ and Tylee and let that be a place for all parents who have lost children to come and mourn. So yeah. That I thought was a very valuable suggestion. There's mm -hmm. also talk that maybe a local business will donate a spot for a bench to go or something like that. On their property. Yeah, I could see yeah, that on happening. their property. I, th I think that could happen. Um, a lot of people felt like BYU-Idaho could certainly allow a bench to be put in their gardens. That uh, Because BYU-Idaho has a gorgeous botanical garden. Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Lots. Yeah. I don't know, though. I don't know if they would, because there's been a lot of uh, attempts to distance the Mormon church from this mm -hmm. situation, particularly. I mm -hmm. kind of don't. See, know. I think that's what the city's doing, too. Mm -hmm. I really do. I don't think this is so much about we can't put that on public property because blah, blah, blah. I don't. I think this is we don't want to have to remember this happened. There were well, actually people debating this who said they weren't really from here. So <sighs> I was like, oh, bro. Don't yeah. even go there. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, um, in the chat, uh, somebody said, you know, they wonder if, you know, if the prosecution has looked into Chad's regular book customers and, you know, people sort of on his team when it comes time to jury for jury selection. And I think that's valid and very interesting. Um, I, I suspect that is probably why they're not um, opposing a change of venue uh -huh. because we, we don't want a jury full of Chad sympathizers. That's for sure. Definitely. No. And we know they're there. They are out there. In fact, I ran into a Chad sympathizer today, someone that I know personally who uh, was one of Chad's best friends who has really, really defended him was horribly, uh, you know, let down and devastated the day the babies were found and is still uh, kind of on the fence. Anyway, we get this fish truck that comes through town. I think it's called off the hook and mm -hmm. they come like, I don't know, once every month or so. And we call them the fancy fish truck. And when the fancy fish truck comes to town, you have to go get your fish because it's freaking good. Anyway. So I was sitting in the truck with my husband uh, waiting for our fancy fish and lo and behold, who pulls up, but that guy and orders his fancy fish. And then he opened his tailgate and was sitting on the tailgate of his truck. And I said, Oh, <gasps> Really want to go talk to him. <laughs> My husband's like, you're not doing that. And I went, why? I could just go be friendly. And he's like, you're not friendly with him, first of all, ever. So why would you be now? But uh, also, you, you're just going to confront him about, you know, Chad Daybell and his friendship with him. And I'm like, I mean, maybe. Anyway, no, I didn't. I wasn't allowed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's so hard to know what to do when you live here and you know these people, you know, I think that's really hard. Lauren wants to know, um, you know, how much of the religious or cold aspects of this case will be brought up in court. I, I don't think very much. I don't either. I, I think they'll, 
I mean, to some degree, there has to be a conversation, you know, I mean, there'll be conversations about what their beliefs were to some degree, I'm sure, but I don't think it'll take center stage. No, I don't either. Um, well, and remember too, the prosecutor is Mormon. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the thing is, there's going to be some protection of that no matter what in this case, oh, yeah. because of where this is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, even if it's moved to another County, this is Idaho, you yeah. know, there's, even if it was moved to Ada, you will still end up getting some protection or, and just a vibe of that wherever you go. You will. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it doesn't change what happened and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, your, your beliefs do not justify murder. And so it, it really yeah. doesn't get to come into play much as a defense, mm-hmm. um, you know? And so I don't think much and, and around here, well, there's a lot of protecting anyway. Maybe. I mean, but on Lori's part, you know, she, there could be some degree of defense about her being misled and lied to. And there's know, potential to, for that for sure. The wrong, path, wrong path by Chad. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, not that I think that will or won't go anywhere, but, you know, if anybody could make a claim there and maybe draw some of those teachings and some of that uh, information in, it would be Lori. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the most of it we've seen come in is from Melanie Gibb at this point. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's all really hearsay Mm -hmm. anyway, you know, other than like what he's written. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. Interesting, but yeah, I, um, things like that definitely get whitewashed here. Yeah. How will the zombie issue be addressed? Damn good question. Or will it be? Or will it? It was mentioned very briefly in the preliminary hearing by, uh, Melanie Gibb and David, uh, What's his name? Melanie Gibbs' boyfriend. Well, you just stole it from me. I don't know. Sorry. Anyway, those two <laughs> did mention it briefly that Lori had said that that JJ had was a zombie. And anyway, mm-hmm. but there, there was no clarification of what that meant yeah. or why they used that term. And I don't know that it really will be unless, I don't know. Yeah. It, it depends on how it gets presented. That'll be interesting. I'll tell you what I would love to see and I'm guessing the prosecutor probably has a hold of is the chain of emails between Chad and Lori. Yes. Very interesting. You know, the course of their, uh, their affair and, you know, coming together, it would be very telling, I think, because I think a lot of their communication was either by text. I mean, we know that there were lots and lots of different burner phones and lots and lots of different email addresses, which, you know, will they ever get them all chased down? Yeah, probably not. But what, a, you know, that would be to me where a lot of that information would be. Hmm, I think we just reset. Hopefully we're all still here. Uh, mm-hmm. Question there, did Charles ever contact Tammy? I think yes. I think yes. I believe that he did contact Tammy. I believe that it was within a very short time, you know, that uh, before his death, I do think that he reached out to Tammy. I believe Warwick. Warwick thank you, David Courtney. Warwick, thank you, Courtney. You are the, <laughs> yep, she's the hero of the night. Thank yeah. you, David Warwick, Melanie Gibbs' boyfriend. Okay. Uh, and, and Chad's long-term friend. But anyway, I do think so. I don't think this was Chad's first affair. 
I don't feel like this no. rock chamois socks as much as that everybody might think it was because I don't think that this is, you know, I think this has been happening for years. Oh, and yeah. that, there are a lot of indications mm, that, yeah. that she was just hanging on until that last kid came home from his mm -hmm. mission that she knew yep. that that relationship was done. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. See, we had heard from family members that she was just waiting for that last kid to come home from his mission to leave Chad. Yeah. So, yeah. Very sad. Sad that she, uh, you know, she was trying to do the good mom thing. And, uh, yeah, it's too bad she didn't get out. Dang it. Yeah. For sure. But, of course, as always, that's the other thing we're waiting on. Tammy. Tammy's autopsy. Tammy's autopsy. Tammy's, you know, and is it really not back or are they just sitting on it? You know, I just, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of this is very calculated and that we just don't know what's going yeah. on behind the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh and isn't it back? So when uh, we've talked about this with the last case we covered, we just covered the Kaneko case. If you guys haven't seen it, you can find it in our, you know, our posted videos uh, here on YouTube. But we did a two-part series on the Kaneko case, which was uh, some really wacky deaths that happened here in Rexburg, oh, 15-ish years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And a little more than that. But anyway, yeah. uh, one of the detectives on that case had said, that people shouldn't get so over, uh, you know, or impatient waiting for Tammy's autopsy because in the Kaneko case, it the autopsies took forever. Yep. And so he, he doesn't feel like it's weird at all that they don't have them, you know, or that yep. they do and they're holding on to him, which is absolutely possible, you know, that they're just not turning them over. But he didn't mm -hmm. think it was a far stretch at all to think that they're not back yet. You, you guys have to recognize that um, it's not like we have forensics teams and no. um, pathologists and stuff in every city. We don't. We have one <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. in Boise, which is five hours from here. And yeah. so they're handling the entire state's cases. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they bring in the FBI and sometimes, you know, they get help. But it's not like we have a local, you know, um, forensic crime unit. We don't. And so yeah. it's, it's not surprising that it takes a long time. And Courtney, yes, we heard that too, that they did get some results in February and talk to the family. The thing is though, a lot of times there's more than one step in that autopsy situation. <clears throat> there might be a preliminary finding. Yeah. And then there's yeah. stuff that takes way, way longer um, yeah. as far as yeah. um, other testing and stuff, especially in our state. You just have to understand well, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Lynn Humphreys, the, uh, the sheriff for Fremont County, he said that was a rumor that wasn't true. Yeah. He had verified that there was an email between, uh, his assistant, uh, Helena Kayakamanu and, uh, Justin Lum about mm. that, that he had heard that, you know, family members had been, uh, briefed on that and they were getting ready to release it. And she confirmed for him that that was a rumor and that they had not received it. Yeah. But that was something that was said there for a little while. Wanda wanted to know, don't you think the prosecutors would want to bring up this wacky zombie scenario as a motive? Maybe. Yeah. But I still think they'll downplay it. I even think that the, 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 the yeah, that the, uh, the prosecutor will as well. I'll, I'll be surprised if we hear much about zombies. I, I think they don't really want to give them an out like, oh, they have these crazy beliefs. That's why they did this. 
that in yeah. a way is kind of an excuse. I mean, not a good one, obviously, but yeah. I feel like they don't want to give them an opening for, oh, we believe all this crazy stuff because we are mentally ill or whatever, you know, yeah. that it's yeah. more like these are, you know, adults who fully knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Misty just pointing out that that was 20 years ago, those other autopsies. That's true. And the those bodies had been laying uh, in the home, in, in that home where the dad or the husband was living for uh, three years, two to three years on the part of the daughter and one year on the part of the mother. So the bodies were super decomposed when they got a hold of them. So it's true that it is a very different situation. But unfortunately, I don't know that things are much different in the state now than they were then. Yeah. As far as, as far as um, that kind of work is concerned, that kind of forensic work and autopsies, we -hmm. still really don't have anything local to us. Yep. Yep. Well, and Lauren says there's still so much we don't know so much because here's the thing that little bit of uh, tea that was spilled at uh, Chad's pre-trial or, or Chad's preliminary. <laughs> that was nothing. That nothing. was the, the little teeny shred that the prosecutor had to offer up to convince the uh, judge that this was worth moving forward with. He didn't give up any more than he had to, you know, he didn't. And of course he wouldn't. Why would he, you know, but he, I think there's just so much more that we haven't seen yet. Um, I know there's more about the condition of JJ's body that we have not heard anything about yet that will come out in court. Uh, Incidentally, that it's zombie related. So maybe I'm going to eat my words, but (laughs) that's, you know, there's so much more to come. I think there's so much more digital evidence that we don't know about because consider this, the digital evidence was used from pings on Alex's phone to locate the locations of the body. Right. But we didn't hear anything about pings from Lori's phone or pings from Chad's phone. Right. Well, if they were pinging Alex's phone, right? Yeah. We haven't heard one word about any of that yet, but yeah, it's coming. Yet. But you know yeah. they got it. Yeah. 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 Pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Michelle said, it's my view that Lori didn't really believe in the second coming. By the time they booked it to Hawaii, she just wanted the kids out of her hair and the money that Tylee was getting. And I know some people really feel like this isn't really, uh, it's not really, you know, viable. We'll see. Uh, Mm -hmm. Courtney wanted to know, uh, did they have, I, I think what you're asking is, does law enforcement have their burner phones? I know they have some of them when they raided there were a bunch of them in Chad's house. I mean, if they yeah. were all of them, I don't know. When they raided Chad's house in uh, January, when the FBI raided his house in January, they seized something like 250 pieces of evidence and most of them were electronics. So yeah. some burner phones, at least they got then when they searched them and uh, questioned them in Hawaii initially, this was the day that Nate Eaton was on site, you know, and, and chased him around for a minute. Yeah. Uh, they see some electronics from Lori that day as well. And yeah, so one of the things being Tylee's phone. Yes. Tylee's phone, JJ's iPad. And it sounded like there were some other electronics involved in that as well. So who knows, you know, did all of them, you know, were some of them old and out of use or who knows? I mean, you know, people don't throw away phones. You know, and maybe these people will, since obviously they, uh, you know, had uh, 
committed a crime, you know, but they, they I don't know. They're the world's dumbest way too arrogant. Totally. Yeah. So I think the kids would never be found when they were buried on uh, Chad's properties. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Pretty arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Betty. Nice to have you here. Well, that's where things pretty much sit, you guys. We'll see. So now I will say that Woodcocks and uh, Alex Cox it had all, you know, they released a joint statement and they had said that at some point there would be a memorial service here in Rexburg for the kids. What's that? You said Alex Cox. I think you meant Colby Ryan. Oh, good God. Yeah, I did. Sorry. Scrub that. So um... please scratch that from the record. (laughs) Control alt delete. Yes. Uh, When I said that, I knew it was wrong. I just couldn't figure out why. But (laughs) yeah. So Colby Ryan, of course, and the Woodcocks had released a joint statement that there would be a, a memorial service for the kids here in Rexburg in the fall and also in Arizona. You know, because it's true that they weren't here very long. They didn't really have any roots here. They, JJ had a few little friends that he had played with at their apartment complex and had, you know, did go to school for a very short time and had teachers and kids in his class and stuff. And so, you know, there's, and then of course, the whole community that has, you know, rallied together, just loving these kids and and so sick that this thing happened here. So we're hoping that that really, uh, you know, kind of comes to pass and they, that happens. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You know, so we always we will uh be here next week with more updates. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? We'll see what tea spills in the next week. And if there's nothing, we'll we'll bring another case to you. We will. Yeah. There's, there's an interesting case brewing out of Phoenix right now. Yeah. With a missing yeah. a missing wife uh and a husband that was just arrested today. So We'll keep our fingers on that one. There's also the Suzanne Morphew case uh, in Colorado. Colorado. Wow. <laughs> Colorado. Yeah. Colorado. Right now, uh, another missing person who also has a lot of scrutiny on her husband, Barry Morphew. Uh, we're keeping our fingers on that one as well. So those are cases if you're you know, looking for something to dive down the rabbit hole of. They're both uh, playing out to be pretty interesting uh, especially the Morphew case. It's full of, it, it's kind of Aloe-esque really. Yeah. yeah. Pretty wacky. I read this week about a 38 year old murder that was solved through familial DNA. Yeah. Little girl that was uh, sexually assaulted and murdered and they have never solved that crime. And through familial DNA, they arrested her former next door neighbor. Yeah. Uh, and and are prepared to prove that he's the one who did it. So finally, 38 years later, some closure for her family. So I guess never say never, huh? Right. We're seeing so many interesting things with familial DNA, familial DNA just like the Angie yeah. Dodge uh, rape and murder here in Idaho Falls that's finally yeah. got the, the real perpetrator behind bars. So Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. So as always, we'll be back Monday morning with a brand new case. Yes. And if you are on our Patreon, you can expect uh, we're at mid-month and we always put out something at mid-month. So you can expect something coming from us shortly. We're going to have some fun with some spooky stuff. Yeah, we and, are. you know, because we are just true crime. We're true crime paranormal. And not all of our cases are paranormal, but some of them are. So not all cases are paranormal, you know, <laughs> but we do what we can. 
<laughs> yeah, when there is a paranormal slant, we hop on it. So sure. anyway, we, we're going to do something spooky for our Patreon fans. So if you don't, uh, you know, track us on Patreon, if you want to, we're True Crime Paranormal on Patreon. And if you want to support us there, we love it. If you don't, that's okay, too. We're still here. And as always, uh, you know, like, comment, share. We appreciate that very much. Sure. Uh, Monday mornings is not alive. It's not alive. And so usually yeah. we try to release Sunday night or in the middle of the night so that you'll have it first thing Monday morning. And, you know, tech doesn't always support that, nor do, you know, yeah, various factors, but that's our goal. Yeah. And so no specific time, but it should be there, you know, by the time most of you get out of bed, I hope. Yeah. But, yeah. So we'll have a brand new case coming and yep, we'll be back here live next Wednesday night as well. So. You guys, thanks so much for being here. Anything else? Are we good? I think we're good. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. Have a better weekend. I hope you guys are all safe from all of the chaos happening on the planet right now. Right. Um, There we go. So you are listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks, you guys, so much for being here and have a wonderful night. Take care, everybody. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.